0: This is Conversations on Discipleship with Father Adam Streitenberger from St. Gabriel Catholic Radio and Diocese of Columbus Media.
1: Welcome to Conversations on Discipleship. I'm your host, Father Adam Streitenberger. With me today is Seth Burkholder. Welcome, Seth. Thanks for having me. Great to have you. Let's start with a prayer in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord God, we give you thanks for this time, this opportunity um, to be together, um, to talk about how you have been at work in our lives um, and your great plan of adventure for each of us as disciples. We ask, O oh Lord, that you bless this conversation, bless um, all of our listeners. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. In name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. So, Seth. Um, I knew you from St. Matthews um, in Gahanna. That's correct. Um, but then also, you took a job with the Office of Catholic Schools for the Diocese of Columbus, and you um, you work here um, in the diocesan offices.
0: That's correct. I uh, actually started right in the midst of COVID, so I joined here in July of 2020. So uh, nothing like uh, you know a change of uh, life right in the midst of uh, a pandemic. You know, all in.
1: What's your uh, title, position, role, slash job? At?
0: Yeah, so it's a uh, nice, fancy, long titles, because we like to do that around here at yeah. the Diocese. Uh, Associate Director for Data Analysis, uh, which sounds super fancy. Um, but essentially, I oversee all the finances of our 52 Catholic schools, so I help them with their budgets. Uh, and then a big part of our uh, my job, too, is... You know, data analytics is such a big thing in our world now, even in the sports Mm -hmm. world. And so uh, how can we be more data informed, uh, not necessarily data driven, but data informed as we move forward? In our diocese, with our
1: schools, that's interesting. So, um, so even though most of the schools probably have their own finance person, so it's not as if you're kind of micromanaging their finance. Correct. Correct. Yeah, it's kind of just making sure that you know they're following policy
0: of the diocese. um, That you have that extra set of eyes, and then you have that maybe that experience and knowledge to you know, help kind of guide them in the right direction towards whatever the mission vision of their school might be in their particular area.
1: Yeah, and, you know, and the whole metrics thing, too, and following the data is sort of a—it's a sub-hobby of mine, um, kind of a a bit of a passion that I've embraced in the last uh, couple years. So maybe we'll uh, touch upon that at some point in this conversation. But, you know, it's interesting, I was just um, updating a job description for someone and their title, I think, included six words, which um, it may be a, a little too much. So I'm interested if if HR like kind of slashes some of the terms. To...
0: Yeah, I think so because I think I think my title initially might have been associate director for finance and data analysis, and then maybe that was a little too
1: long. But yeah. I don't yeah. see any problem with a very long title. Yeah, I mean, it tells you what you do. I mean, don't we want a kind of a clear, precise identity?
0: I mean, I agree. I mean, in some sense, I kind of think my title should have finance in it, because I do so much with finances
1: of our schools, but... They may not have included that in order to hide you from the finance office so that they didn't try to claim you as one of their own. That, or maybe they're just trying to pay me less money. Uh, That's (laughs) that's, (laughs) that's a possibility. So, um, you know, Seth, um, we... um, And, you know, in conversations on discipleship, we always love to kind of hear someone's story of discipleship, how they came to know the Lord and how the Lord has worked in their life. So maybe you could share with us as we um, kind of launch the beginning of this, of this series, um, how the Lord kind of broke into your life and how you came to know Him.
0: Yeah, you know, and, and really, it's, it's, it's quite a long journey. Um, and, and I would say that on one level, I came to know Him once I finally understood the Eucharist, once I finally understood the mass, you know, prior to that, I would have said I knew of him, but I didn't know him. And it was really kind of this, this journey of this, this intellectual pursuit of him, of, of, of gaining knowledge of him, but then also through, you know, that lived experience, you know, those kind of God moments in your life where you say, Oh, ha, you know, there you are, you know, where have you been this whole time? Um, But then in some ways like coming to know the lord is it's a continual journey like every day i feel like i'm coming to know him more because every day i open up every facet of my life to allow him in to that part of my life and a lot of times i like to relate it to my relationship with my wife and so early on when we were dating you know that intellectual i'm getting to know you what do you like what don't you like you know kind of who are you what is your family and then over time, we're sharing a life together. We're building these experiences. It's starting to, you know, come together. Um, but even at that, you know, we've been together for 21 years now. Been together since high school. Uh, married for 10. I still feel like every day I involve her in everything that I do. I'm coming to know her more. And so I just there's there's a lot of parallel there between the relationship that spousal uh, relationship with my wife, and then kind of that that spousal relationship with Christ.
1: Um. Yeah, I think definitely um, there is this sort of both both the and you know I was just in a conversation not long ago with someone about this, but there is that sort of intellectual knowledge, Mm -hmm. not only of the Lord but of people. Yeah, that is, and then also this sort of experiential knowledge too. Um, So that's very striking. Now, were you raised Catholic? Yeah, yeah. So
0: it's uh, that's where the long journey comes in. Yeah. So I was definitely raised Catholic, um, mixed faith though. My dad is not Catholic, and that had a very profound um, effect on me and my two older brothers. As uh, um, you know, I'd say my dad is not a devout Christian, um, but I would say he's an obedient Christian. He's an every Sunday type guy, uh, but not necessarily living the faith every day. What and denomination? was mennonite okay whoa yeah so i grew up in a mennonite a swiss mennonite community small town ohio yeah so uh yeah big mennonite community but not mennonite in the sense of like how we think of like kind of the amish Mm -hmm. in that area um not not quite that that far in that direction um but but yeah so you know and that deeply affected us you know like for example i've never seen my father pray Mm -hmm. you know um so we grew up without prayer we we didn't even pray before meals um i I always tell my wife my my wife for our five-year anniversary this is kind of down the road she bought me a rosary for our anniversary and she wasn't catholic at the time and uh i'm like how do i pray the rosary Hmm. like i have this glow-in-the-dark rosary from when i was a kid um that i received probably when i went through like first communion or something and uh it was just in a box at home but i knew i had it but never prayed it Hmm. um so it wasn't anything that was lived out in our family and again, because we didn't have like... And there's you know there's that deep connection between a father and his sons and how you live out the faith. All the numbers are out there. And so all three of us, my brothers and I, fell away from the faith. We all, we all fell away from the church. Um, interestingly, though, like when they were younger, they were both altar servers, and I was not. Hmm. I was kind of that, like I never... Like when it was time for me to get glasses, I never wanted to get glasses. When it was time for me to get contacts, I never wanted to get contacts, and so it was kind of one of those things like, oh, hey, it's time for you to be an altar server. I don't want to be an altar server, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but uh, but yeah, but I will say the one thing about my dad not being Catholic, uh, he was at Mass every Sunday with us, mm. and he's never left, and we're all out of the house. So every Sunday, him and my mom still go to Mass together. So it's kind of crazy. He's been going to Mass for 40-plus years. He's been to Mass more than he's been in Mennonite service. Mm. Um, so it's kind of interesting uh, about him, but... Did he go to Mennonite services in addition to going to Mass? With yeah, your mom? so that was before me. So I have an older a, an, my oldest brother's five years older than me. And uh, the story goes that um, you know, when they had him, my he would drop him and my mom off at mass, and he would go to the Mennonite service. And uh, I don't know how long it was in to this, but finally one day his dad pulled him aside and said, Listen, you need to be with your family. And he's never looked back. Mm. So, definitely, you know,
1: appreciate Where that. was it that you
0: grew up? Bluff, Bluffton, Ohio. Where is so that? So, it's near? like northwest. So, if you're familiar okay. with like Lima or
1: Findlay, okay. it's right in between there.
0: Yeah. About an hour and a half north of here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Small town, 4,000 people.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, grow so growing up Catholic. So, you did make the sacraments, you, you know, first communion and first confession and confirmation and
0: Sure. Sure. Went through CCD, you know, which is PSR now, uh, didn't learn anything, probably because I wasn't paying attention. Um, <laughs> uh, but but yeah, um, that was really it. It was just Sunday. Uh, and there was nothing in our house. You could have came into our house, you never would have known we were Catholic, let alone Christian, no crucifixes, and no Bibles out, um, you know, no pictures of saints or Jesus or anything like that. It was just very much, we were very obedient obedient to Sunday Mass. Um but that that was the extent of how we lived out our faith.
1: Mm. Yeah. So um into high school and college mm-hmm. is that when when did you maybe fall away from the faith? Yeah, you know, uh, and that's
0: the thing for men, you know, it always it always starts with a girl. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and I, I met a girl in high school who was presbyterian, who is now my wife, as I alluded to earlier, and uh You know, early on in our dating, we got to the point where we realized God is important to both of us. Uh, We want to be together and share this part of our lives because, you know, we feel like there's something there. And so for many Sundays, we would go to both. We would go to a Catholic Mass together, and then we'd go to a Presbyterian service with her family. Mm -hmm. And we did that for quite a long time. Um, And ultimately, like, what really drew us away from that was the fact that we didn't think she could do anything at a Catholic Mass. Because my dad never did anything at a Catholic mass; he just sat there, and that was it. So that's what we thought—like she couldn't kneel or, you know, uh, say certain prayers—and so she was just very passive. Um, whereas at a Presbyterian service, like anybody can participate. Mm-hmm. So it was like a little easier transition for me. And if you know much about, you know, Presbyterianism and you know, rooted in Calvinism, John Calvin being Catholic. There's a lot of similarities, a lot of crossover. So a very surface-level view. When you walk into a Presbyterian service, you might think, this order and flow kind of reminds you of the Mass. Maybe this is not so different.
1: Well, um, Seth, thank you so much for joining us. You've been listening to Conversations on Discipleship. I'm your host, Father Adam Streitenberger. With me um, has been Seth Burkholder. And again, uh, thank you, Seth. Um, And until next time, peace and all good.